Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Ned Jabbar and this is the Informed Catholic Podcast. I'm your host. We always open up every episode with a prayer, so let's start with a prayer, please. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Now we're going to recite the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And we also ask for the intercession of the Blessed Servant of God, Fulton J. Sheen, Pray for us. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So, uh, our reading, we always have a scriptural reading for every episode of The Informed Catholic. So, let's. Uh, we're going to read from the Gospel of St. Luke, uh, chapter 13, start, uh, starting from verse 22. It's titled... The narrow door. He went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying in toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter by the narrow door. For many, I will, I will tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the householder has risen up and shut the door, you will begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us. He will answer you, I do not know who you are. You come or where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank. In your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There you will weep and gnash your teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. And men will come from east and west and from the north and from the south and sit at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first and some who are first will be last. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that was a... Uh, 
a warning about judgment. So um, it's interesting. We're going to start this podcast. There's an article from Church Militant. And it's from, uh, hold on. It is from December 9th, 2019 by Christine, Kristen, I'm sorry, Kristen Christleib. Christ, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. It's um, December 9th. Catholic scandal provides a teachable moment. This is going to be very interesting. Now, uh, if you remember, um, Joe Biden was denied Holy Communion uh, in South Carolina by a priest, Father Robert Murray, of St. Anthony Catholic Church in Florence, South Carolina. And this became a very, very scandalous thing. Now, Joe Biden is a Catholic. Nancy Pelosi is a Catholic. As some of these Democratic politicians are Catholic. And many of them, like Nancy Pelosi, profess to be good Catholics. Now, we have to understand is that Joe Biden and Nancy, Nancy Pelosi really probably do believe that they are good standing Catholics. The problem is, is because the way they were educated. It's the fact that we have a division in the Catholic Church and there's a lot of Catholics that don't pay attention to it. And it's unfortunate. A lot of, a lot of Roman Catholics, and I've encountered quite a few, they don't really think it's a big deal. They really don't want to pay attention to the division. They're in self-denial. And it's extremely sad because it causes such a rift. It makes it impossible to talk. Um, unfortunately, like, you know, because a lot of, I, I know this because unfortunately I'm not very good at sometimes at bringing up the subject matter with some people. And it's hard to talk to someone who is a baptized Catholic and doesn't really see the problem. When I entered the Catholic Church back in 1997, I didn't expect to find all these problems. I, I, I guess you could say I really had a different view of the church from the outside. And I'll be honest with you. If I knew, if I, what I know now and I knew it back then, I don't believe I would have converted. I don't believe I would have entered this church. I don't believe I would have entered. But then again, even if I probably went into, let's say, the Orthodox Church, like Eastern Orthodox Church, not in union with Rome, let's say maybe I became um, Coptic, I probably would still probably, I'm going to find problems. I'm going to find social political viewpoints that are different, moral viewpoints that are different, um, scriptural and spiritual viewpoints that are different. And you're going to find um, a house in crisis. That's an unfortunate problem about Roman Catholicism is that in any church, even if you, let's say, Protestantism, you're going to find a problem. The question is, now that I know these problems now in the church, like say someone like myself who has converted, who came from the outside, who came from a, a Muslim background, um, a non-Christian background, even though my mom it 
uh, was baptized Catholic. Um, now I'm Catholic, but, and I listen to a lot of different Catholic podcasts and they're not conspiracy theories. I know the problem is, is that I think is that I, you know, we have to remember there's some people who were raised in a very positive environment and maybe unfortunately they may hold non-orthodox views, non-conservative views, they don't really believe that's a problem because their world viewpoint or the the philosophy they chose to embrace uh, justifies their own personal beliefs. It doesn't necessarily make them a bad person, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean they're in union morally and spiritually with the church. A lot of people are in going to are going to believe in population control. They're going to be they're going to hold, a lot of Catholics believe in that. A lot of Catholics believe in it, maybe because of the fact of whatever moral moral um, disunity I would say I will use the word that they decide to hold against the church. It's funny I was listening to. Um, an audiobook and it was the Fulton Sheen's Life Worth Living. And there was a an interesting case of a young woman who um was very, very frustrated. Uh she came for confession, but she wasn't at peace, and for some reason she had a um there was something going on with her. She wanted to be there, but at the same time, she was being very difficult. And Fulton Sheen just gave her some stuff to read. Um, Bishop Bishop Sheen gave her some stuff to read and go in a room. And she read some stuff, a catechesis stuff. And, and then she got angry. I, I don't want to hear any more about the church. I don't want to hear more any more about the church, she kept on saying. And the secretary came back and uh, very worried because this young woman seemed very um, irate, very angry. And Fulton Sheen said, well, tell her to read this. And again, after a few minutes, the, the young woman is yelling, stop it. I don't want to hear any more about the church and her moral teachings. And Fulton Sheen came into the room calmly and spoke to her. And he said to her, what's the problem? None of this stuff should be making you act this way. And she said, I don't want to hear any more about the church and her moral teachings. I don't want to hear anything. And then... Fulton Sheen said, why? What's the problem? And the girl, the young woman was like, I just don't want to hear it. I'm going to read to you the story one day. I'm remembering it basically by, I'm, you know, reciting it by memory and not perfectly. But then the, the, the punchline here is you had an abortion. And she fell down into tears and said, yes, I did. That was her argument because the moral teaching was reminding her that she had an abortion. And that is probably what usually a lot of people have when it comes. Atheists, Fulton Sheen said, their argument, there's never a, a sound uh, philosophical ground. It's everything is usually moral. It's a moral argument. It's a moral problem. Well, 
As soon as we get back, we're going to start with the with the uh, article. Okay. All right. So let's get back to this article. Let's start reading this article. All right. Um, Protestants are listening. Commentary by Christine uh, Chris Chris Leib. Church Militant, December 9th, 2019. Catholic Scandal provides teachable moment. Recent controversies involving Catholic teachings have led uh, to unattended but happy consequences of creating occasions to talk about a number of important faith-related concepts and many Protestants, especially evangelicals, are taking notice and making comments. Joe Biden denied Holy Communion. Father Robert Murray of St. Anthony Catholic Church in Florence, South Carolina, provided a recent opportunity when he refused Holy Communion to President Candidate Joe Biden. His decision and the reasons behind it became national news. That I like. That's very good. Okay, the fact that other Christians are paying attention and they're taking notice of this and and this would help them realize that not all Catholics agree, that not all Catholics are the same, and it will show them that Catholics are biblical because a lot of Protestants still have a view that the Catholic Church are not biblical, and a lot of them even think that Catholics are not Christian. All right. Because Murray's objection centered on Joe Biden's public position on abortion, evangelicals who are almost universally pro-life thanks to Catholic leadership in the early days of the abortion war, were quite naturally interested in the story. But once inside the story, they were forced to examine their own views on Holy Communion and what they would do in a similar situation. Fantastic. Fantastic. This is great. What the nation learned from the incident was that a priest felt it was his duty to deny Holy Communion to a public figure who claims to be Catholic, but who does not support the church's position on abortion. Prominent evangelicals praised the priest's decision. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You see, this is the kind of stuff we want to see. This is the kind of stuff that could unite us together. They could unite the, 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 the Protestants back to the Catholics and the Catholics back to the Protestants. This is the kind of stuff we want to see. On his Facebook page, Franklin Graham, oh, Billy Graham's son, son of evangelical Billy Graham, founder of the international aid organi- organization Samaritan's Purse, wrote, I applaud the fact that the priest did what he thought was right at the risk of possible public or political I, uh, reaction. Fantastic. That is beautiful. You see, God works beautifully. All right. Through scandal, through the possibly, remember, Christ said that, you know, no one, no one is a disciple of who doesn't take a risk, who doesn't take a risk of being publicly hated and, and attacked. And, you know, we have to suffer for the gospel. The truth, no, the world doesn't want to hear the truth. The world, I'm sorry to say there's some of my Catholic friend, uh, friends uh, who don't take their faith seriously, who don't really live the Catholic faith. 
just don't agree with this. They think the church is behind times. This is the problem. They want the church to look like the world. And a lot of times, a lot of them go to church and they say they don't get anything out of it. Because they need to see that the church, when they go inside the Catholic church, they need to see heaven on earth. Not community. Not kumbaya. Not holding hands. They need to see heaven on earth. They need to see that there is something different other than this world. This is this is fantastic. Dr. Michael Brown, a regular contributor to Evan, to evangelist James Robinson's news site, The Stream, almost espouses a Catholic view of Holy Communion. While he doesn't specifically address the transubstantiation, the title of his post uh, post can taking communion be detrimental to your health? Interesting. Acknowledges on its on its face the power and reverence of due, uh, due to the sacrament. Given that most Catholics don't believe in the real presence, that's true. This is the fault of the modernist Catholic Church. They don't talk about it. They don't talk about it. They don't talk about it. When was the last time that you had a priest from the pulpit on a Sunday talk about the real presence? The Holy Communion is truly the body, blood, soul, divinity. It's the resurrected Christ that you receive in your soul, that you become an, a tabernacle, a dwelling place for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, for the resurrected Christ who will live in your soul. And you have to, you have to clean house. You have to go to confession. You have to really... Keep yourself always in good maintenance and spiritual maintenance. This is the kind of stuff we need. This is the kind of stuff we need. We need to hear this kind of stuff. It's fantastic. I'm really surprised about these Protestants. Um, given that most Catholics don't believe in the real presence, it is possible that evangelicals understand more about this Catholic principle than most Catholics. Huh. I'm not surprised. Okay, then this, this part here is Gay Pride Marches Not Family Friendly. It's still the same article, but let's continue. Catholics have had to confront the homosexual lifestyle and the reality of the so-called gay marriage more directly than Protestants have, in part because of their clergy's widespread sexual abuse scandal and the fact of the wide... Uh, widespread uh, gay community in the clergy. So, while both Catholics and evangelicals have been disappointed in their clergy's vow of silence on the issue, particularly from the pulpit, Catholics have been lauded for providing on-point commentary. When Keith Waters, an evangelical pastor in England, wanted to remind his flock to be cautious of gay pride events, he turned to Bishop Thomas Tobin a Providence, Rhode Island, and retweeted his guidance almost word for word. Bishop Tobin had put the message so, uh, I'm sorry, the word is very different here, uh, securely, eloquently, reverently, boldly, and lovingly, that all that was required was for me to engage in a little holy plagiarism. Okay, he stole the words from the, from the bishop. <laughs> That's funny. Waters said, adding, I merely changed Catholic to Christian, and applied what Bishop Tobin had said to all Christians. Waters was widely persecuted for retweeting a Catholic bishop's concerns 
about taking children to gay pride event. Um, well, that's great. Wow. All right. While modern evangelicals are often known for being bolder than Catholics, well, unfortunately, that's true. They're right. A lot of Catholic clergy are afraid. And they're not just, they're afraid of the public reaction. They're also afraid of their bishops. But I'm also going to say that a lot of them are homosexual. They're homosexual. And, they, and a lot of them even support a lot of the political viewpoints. While martyr evangelicals are often known for being bolder than Catholics, the younger Austrian Catholic Alexander Tuschegel, uh this is the one that threw the uh, pagan idols into the, uh, the, uh, the, the river in Rome, Without a question, the Christian Boldness and Leadership Award for 2019. Yeah, he so he won an award. That's great. In his early morning raid on Carmelite Church in Santa Maria Transpotani to cleanse it from the five Amazon idols placed on display, there was for there, this there was for considered Catholics the highlight of the Amazon Synod. Robinson's Protestant media site, The Stream, gave Tuchel uh, equal praise for for featuring five articles on him. And on Pachimama. So the Protestants are praising the, uh, our friend Alexander from Austria who threw the, uh, the pagan idols in the river. You see? Good things happen. At the other end of the leadership uh, spectrum, Father Walter Jagella, pastor of St. John's University Parish in Morgantown, West Virginia, West Virginia, wins the 2019 Bad Idea Award for encouraging his flock to add Native American dream catchers to their advent wreath. Oh boy, there you go. Another, uh, this one, on one hand we get winners, on the other hand we get a bunch of, um, I guess you can say, dopey priests. This is a dopey priest. Dream catchers. It's a, it's a pagan superstition thing. And it's nothing to do with Catholicism. I know you, you've probably seen him in people's cars you know, it's a little has a feather and it's supposed to be a round circle, it's supposed to capture bad spirits or something. He took liberty of decorating the sanctuary with several dream catchers. As one person put it, this practice desecrates the church and endangers the faithful. Good, I'm glad someone said something. Mary's role extends beyond Advent. Christianity Today, funded by Billy Graham has been the voice of American evangelicals for more than six decades. The current December issue cover story is Mary, the first Christian. Wow. If there is one aspect of Catholicism that most troubles American Protestants, it is the church's teaching on Mary. So this article represents halting but important baby steps towards the broader view of Mary's role in the Christian faith. Wow. You see, it's it, things are changing. It is it is starting to change. The article, the article's author Jennifer Powell McNutt and Amy Beveridge Peeler are professors of Wheaton College, Billy Graham's alma mater. McNutt ch uh, chairs the College of Department for Biblical Theological Studies, and Peeler teaches the New Testament. Both serve in official ministry capacities in mainline Protestant denominations. Because they are not typical evangelicals, their writings will be viewed with some skepticism, which is understandable. But Christianity Today's editorial decision to publish their thoughts about Mary for the magazine's conservative Protestant audience is significant. 
All right, is significant. The author shows that in the sweep of Christian history, Mary had always been held in the highest regard. Okay. So the article continues here, and this is the part that's interesting. The publication noted that to Luther, the first sermon on earth was the proclamation that Mary was the mother of the Lord, and this was preached by no less than a woman, Elizabeth. Again, it quoted Luther. No one can preach Christ without speaking of his mother. The author goes on to tell their evangelical audience that Protestants underestimate Mary's role throughout the, throughout the Gospels. As defenders of the, of the despot of faith, conservative Catholics increasingly will be called on lead to lead the faithful. Many evangelicals are open to hearing what the older brothers and sisters in the faith have to say. Perhaps, like Apollos, Protestants just need to be taken aside and shown the better way. Now, certain Jews named Apollos, an Alexandrian by race, learned a learned man came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in the scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and having fervent in spirit, he, he spake and taught carefully the things concerning Jesus. Knowing only the baptism of John, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquilia heard him, they took him onto them and, exp and expounded unto him the way of God more carefully. Acts chapter 18, verse 24 to verse 46. All right, this is the way, this is where the article ends. This is the way the article ends. Now, it's, it's, this is good. It's, I'm glad it's, I'm glad that this had a positive effect because it needed to have a positive effect because unfortunately um, many Protestants still do not think that Roman Catholics are Christian. The fact that they're paying attention about Holy Communion, they're seeing this battle within the Catholic Church. And I think what's also possibly, I hate to say this, was having an effect, is Pope Francis, the negativity of Pope Francis, the negativity of the occupant of, of the chair Peter is having an interesting effect. They're watching Roman Catholics, conservatives, and liberals. Maybe they need to see where the problem is. They need to see that that there are good there are bible believing god fearing god worshiping holy people in the catholic church and the problem is it's not the catholic church it's not the teaching of the church it's the bad people in the church and i and i and i have to say i'm happy I'm really happy that they're starting to notice this. And we have to pray because we need to show them. We need to show them that the intercession of saints is biblical. We need to show them that the Holy Eucharist is biblical. We need to show them that the teachings of the church are biblical, that the Catholic Church is biblical. And we need to be very careful. We need to do it through baby steps and we need to do it with with um with love and care with love and care because we want these people to understand to understand us clearly 
And we have to, you know, unfortunately, we also have to be very careful because I hate to say this, because remember what Pope Francis, Pope Francis has just said that proselytism is solemn nonsense. The word proselytism means coming across, one who came across. It's a Greek word for one who has converted, who has entered on a journey, has come into the, uh, come into the faith. Pope Francis is wrong. I'm sorry. This is because the way he was raised. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and John Kerry and all these other Catholics were were trained by revolutionary priests. Okay, some people are going to say you're going to go on with this conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. There are people who hate it, who hate the church for its orthodoxy within the Catholic Church. We have fellow Catholics who hate the church for its orthodoxy. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that we have some people like that. And this, unfortunately, is going to hurt, you know, it has hurt the church. Nancy Pelosi, when she talks about Pope Francis, I just saw on um, a, a YouTube and a podcast by, it's the same one, by John Henry Weston of LifeSite News, talks about, Nancy Pelosi, and she referred to Pope Francis the way he talks. He's talking like the nuns who educated me. He's sounding like the nuns who educated me. That was very important to her, those years of those nuns, because she admitted that her family wanted her to be holy. That was the measure of her of, of herself as a person, to be holy, not to be a, a, uh, a speaker of the house, a politician. But the nuns... This, hot, this French nunnery, this French uh, convent had a different plan for her. They taught her how to be rebellious. And they taught her that her Catholicism, her liberal Catholicism is the true Catholicism, not the conservatives. She, she thinks she is a good Catholic because she was taught to believe that she is a good Catholic, even though she, may, she can disagree with the church. And the same thing with, goes with many of the others. And that's the problem we have. We have to show them they're not. This this could go on for a hundred years or more, unfortunately, within the Catholic Church. We will never, we may never get to uh, in our lifetime see the Church be holy. We may get a glimpse of it, but we're never going to get fully. And unfortunately, we just have to pray for our um, indifferent brothers and sisters. We have to pray for them. All right, so. Um, I'm going to end this with a short prayer because I want to start another podcast. Hopefully I can get it done this evening. <laughs> I'll try to. But we're going to say a short prayer. We're going to say in our Father. All right. Glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, Almighty God, we pray for our fellow brothers and sisters who are Protestants, evangelicals, to come into the Holy Catholic faith for their conversion, for the unity of both Protestants and Catholics. Uh, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen.